0: This is Annie Stevens-Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. This is the Holy Eucharist, right Two, for December 4th, 2022.
1: Good morning. Welcome Welcome to Church of the Redeemer. It is such a joy and an honor to have the opportunity to worship with you. I want to say a special welcome to those of you who are joining us for the first time, or for the first time in a long time. It is a joy to have you, a special joy. And for those of you who are joining us online or on our live stream, thank you so much for being with us. We love that you're with us in this way, and we'd love to get to know you better. You can find us, more out about us, um, on our web page. That's redeemer-cincy.org, redeemer-cincy, with a Y.org. When you're there you can click on the about tab you can learn more about us you can contact us so we can learn more about you and let you know about who we are in this church i have a few announcements i'd like to make this morning uh you noticed that i was wearing a mask uh, it is not required right now uh our covid uh community level has gone from low to medium and so those of us in leadership will be wearing our masks and and you are recommended to do so and we have some in the narthex if you'd like but again it is not a requirement that is up to your choice today Um, A couple other things I want to tell you about. I want to invite you to stick around after the service. There's a couple different reasons that you should. If you would like to join us for our Episcopal Advent Education Hour, that's going to be in the parlor right after the service in the parlor, Episcopal Advent. Uh, We will be, I hope you'll join us. We're going to explore ritual. We'll have Francie Morrison, Julia Joyce, Missy Darling, Annie Stevens-Gleason, and and the Reverend Joyce Keishan will be co-leading that conversation with some space for conversation and prayer. That'll be in the parlor. And then in the Great Hall, we'll have some coffee and some time just to hang out so if you want to be with us but not learn anything then you join us in the great hall Uh, that's where you go for that but either way please stick around after the service head right through the narthex into the great hall or the parlor and spend some time with us Our annual giving campaign is winding up. If you haven't already, I invite you please to make your financial commitment to Church of the Redeemer for the year 2023. It is with your help that we are able to make a difference in the life of this community. Your gift enables blessing, and we are so grateful for it. And you can do that on your Church of the Redeemer app on the website, or you can grab a physical pledge card, which is in the lobby, or we call it a narthex, and you can grab one of those and fill those out. If you have any questions about giving, about how much to give, about why to give, about what that means, or anything about past gifts you've made, if you have any questions at all, you can always speak to me. And it's a private, a confidential, and a shame-free conversation. I'm glad to have that with you. There is a lot of programming between now and um, up through Advent and into Christmas. And then beyond, including, finally, after three years, the return of our annual chili cook-off. Thank you, God. Um, but we're going to be putting our chili cook-off this year on the Feast of the Epiphany, which is Friday, January 6th. So come, we'll, do a, we'll burn a tree, we'll worship Jesus, and then we'll eat some chili. It actually sounds like a perfect evening, as far as I'm concerned. If you would like to be a part of that, you can register to participate right here on the Church of the Redeemer app, which I am using for these announcements. You can find that on our website under, there's a tab for events, and you can look there. You can register to enter the Chili Cook-Off, or you can just show up and eat chili, whichever one works for you. Um, On the app, right next to the Advent button, there's a brand new Christmas Flowers button. You can click on that button if you'd like to make a donation to the church for Christmas flowers, and you can make your dedication right there on that app. Uh, One final announcement. Oh, no, two more announcements. Uh, We want to invite children ages 3 through 10 to gather for Kids Chapel. Hannah's in the back right now waving, and you can join her right now, and then you can return at the peace, and we'll all take communion together. Many of you know uh, very well a former uh, staff member of this church who's still a member, and that is Brad Goff, who was our former minister for families. Brad is in seminary right now, and he will be ordained as a deacon this coming Saturday at the Cathedral in downtown Cincinnati at 1 p.m., and I want that is a public service. You, I'm telling you because you are all invited to come if you'd like. So at Christ Cathedral, Christ Church Cathedral down um, in downtown at 1 p.m. this Saturday, our, our brother Brad Goff will be ordained as a deacon into the Episcopal Church. So I wanted to let you know about that as well. Okay, these are all my many and various announcements. Thank you so much for your patience. I invite you to stand as you are able and we will begin our worship together.
2: be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed be God's kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to, to you, you all hearts are open, are open all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you
3: and worthily magnify your holy name
2: through christ our lord amen The Lord be with you. And also with you let us pray merciful God who sent your messengers the prophets to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation give us grace to heed their warnings and forsake our sins that we may greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ our Redeemer
0: A reading from the prophet Isaiah a shoot shall come out of the stump of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots the spirit of the Lord shall rest on him the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord he shall not judge by what his eyes see the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the wean child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full with the, of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples, the nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. The word of the Lord.
4: Good morning everyone i wonder if you see me come up to the lectern you're going oh no he's going to make us do something again um you did so well in singing the psalm last week that we are going to do the same thing this week so just a reminder for those of you who are here last week and those who are new when you follow along with the text when you see a vertical line that means that you change notes the choir will sing along with you but we're not going to alternate we're just going to sing it almost all the way through, and we'll see what happens. So I do want to point out one correction in the bulletin that we need to do. All of the verses of the Psalm are printed. We will not do all of the verses of the Psalm. We will do verses one through seven, and then we'll skip to 18, as it's indicated on the top of the page. What this means, if you remember when we get there, is that when we do verse seven, it'll be second part of the tune. All right, good luck to you all.
5: a reading from Paul's letter to the Romans. Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with jesus christ so that together you may with one voice glorify the god and father of our lord jesus christ welcome one another therefore just as christ has welcomed you for the glory of god for i tell you that christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God, in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore, I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. And again he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people, and again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the people praise him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse shall come. The one who rises to rule the Gentiles, to him the Gentiles shall hope. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope. By the glory of the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord.
6: of our lord jesus christ according to matthew in those days john the baptist appeared in the wilderness of jia proclaiming repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near this is the one of whom the prophet isaiah spoke when he said the voice of one crying out in the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make his paths straight Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the ax is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree therefore that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of our Lord.
1: God, grant us serenity to accept the things that we cannot change, courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's be seated. I want to begin this morning by naming a very specific tension that is present and at work in all of the texts, but especially in Romans and in Matthew that we hear today. And that is this tension that exists in the early church, in the early church which is made up of Jews. And the Jews who have uh, decided to, uh, that they follow Jesus and that Jesus is the Messiah of Israel, And uh, and then there's a leadership movement within that early church to invite people who aren't Jewish that we call Gentiles, Gentiles into this community and to create new communities following Jesus that are both made up of Jew and Gentile together. This creates great tension. To bring two groups that have historically lived separately, worshipped separately, and held each other at arm's length, to try to bring them together and create community together creates tension. And that shows up in our scripture, and we've got to mention it today because we want to be aware of the fact that we are in a time of rising anti-Semitism. We are at a time, or at least, where the anti-Semitism that's always been present is becoming more obvious and is being spoken out loud. A lot of people who were thinking it quietly are saying it loudly. And it makes a difference. We want to be aware as Christians that our Jewish siblings are in a place of heightened fear right now. And that we have a part to play in their fear. We have a part to play in the potential of their security, their hope, and their health as we share this world with them and with each other. So we want to be aware of the dynamics because there's some language in our scriptures today that has actually been used to harm Jews in Jesus' name. And we have to reject that. We cannot allow for that in our lives but we also cannot just chuck this book and chuck the scriptures because they can be difficult and just say, oh, we'll just make some stuff up. We actually want to engage with the texts we're given and understand that tension and try to recognize where God is present and what God is calling us to do and be in this world. Let's start with Paul. Paul like all the other authors of the Bible, and like Jesus himself, Paul is a Jew. Side note, very important point when we're combating anti-Semitism, we worship a Jew. It's super helpful for us to know that. Okay, I'm back. So, (coughs) Paul is a Jew. And Paul is working within a specific context. In his own past, he and his culture, they have been seeking and hoping and yearning for deliverance from God. I'm not talking that they're hoping that they'll get to go to heaven when they die. When they die, they are hoping that in this world, in this life, God will show up and help bring justice and equity, peace and mercy into their lives. And Paul is among a group of Jews who believe that there is someone who will do that, who is called the Messiah of God. And Paul is of a group of people who believe that Jesus was that Messiah, is that Messiah is the one who has done the things necessary to bring justice to the world. To bring justice, peace, mercy, and love to Israel. Not in some faraway fairy tale future, but right here and now, he believes God is working to make this world healed and reconciled. But he also believes that what God has done is not just for the salvation of one group of people. Paul believes that the Messiah did not just show up to bring justice to Israel, but in fact, to the whole world. To every single person, and all the inhabitants, and all of the creation, God has brought justice through Jesus. This creates Not because Paul's Jewish siblings are bad, but because they're human. And humans, we don't like change. We don't like when people mess with us. And we definitely don't like when people tell us to re-examine our past and have a different relationship with our past than we've had before. We get really protective of our history. We get really protective of how we became what we are. I remember when uh, my wife and I had our first child and then, um, then you know, consequently our first argument. But, um, <laughs> it's not true we argued way before that. Um, it's a good priest joke though. But. Um, I remember, you know, of course, we were talking about how to actually raise this human in real life, not abstractly. Now, here it is. What are you going to do? And I was the person who was saying, well, my parents did it this way, and I turned out all right. First of all, no, I didn't. No, no, I didn't. That's not true, okay? It took a lot of work, and it still takes a lot of work for me just to be a person, okay? Okay? But secondly, I found myself being very protective of the things that, had, that I had been raised with and the ways that I understood because I, I felt nervous. If I was going to treat my child differently, what did that mean about my past? Was there something wrong with it? Was there something wrong with my parents and something wrong with me? You get nervous. We're seeing this played out in our country as we re-examine our history. There are people who go, don't look at our history like that. That makes me uncomfortable when you look at the breadth and the wholeness of the things that are true about us. Let's just focus on the parts that make me feel good about myself. We're scared of people messing with how we got here. We're scared of people messing with us. And why is that? Because our past is how we define ourselves. If, I, if I'm getting to know you and I say, tell me a little bit about yourself, you say, well, I was born in such and such a place. If you and I were talking, we were getting to know each other, and you said, tell me a little bit about yourself. I'd say, well, I was born in California. And I grew up there part of the time, and then I moved to New Hampshire when I was a teenager, and I'll start to describe my past. Tell you a little bit about my family. Might, Since I'm a priest and I'm probably talking to you in a church context, I might tell you a little bit about my religious history. But I'm going to tell you that story. Tell me about who you are, and I'll tell you about who I was. Right? So when someone asks me to re-examine or or makes me re-examine that past, I get nervous. Paul is telling the people of this church, both Jew and Gentile, that they have to look at their past differently. And it doesn't get to define them anymore. And particularly, Paul's Jewish heritage is very, very... It's very, very emphasis... I'm not saying this wrong, let me say this right. It's emphasizing very carefully and very clearly a way of being in the world, of living in the world, of following a specific set of rules and guidelines to make sure that you all understand who you are, and this is how we live in faithfulness to God. And Paul is now saying, and the the new Christian movement is now saying, you don't have to live like that anymore. That might sound liberating to some people, but to others that is terrifying. So something happens within us. Something happens within us. What are you telling me? To chuck my past? To reject it? To look at it and say, oh, it was awful? And and to be mad at my family or be mad at my heritage or history and be angry and ashamed and disgusted? Or am I supposed to hold fast to it and hold tight and dig my heels in and say, no, 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 this is who I was. This is who I'm supposed to be. We see a lot of that going on. The Christian way, as Paul is describing it, is landing in a different space in our lives and in our hearts. Paul says today, those scriptures from your past are important and he's not just talking about the writings he's talking about what they represent your history your history the way you have defined yourself matters it is a place that you have found encouragement and steadfastness and then he says may the God of encouragement and steadfastness use your past and your present to bring you hope. Bless you. If it is our responsibility to hold tight to the past, then we start to focus on that, our histories, whether they be our national or our local or our personal history, in a defense mode. We defend it. We defend what we have been and nothing was allowed to be wrong and look, I did my best. I'm trying my best. Get off my back if we look at our past only to seek all of the places where we have completely been disasters and screw-ups and our parents were disasters and screw-ups and all the stuff that comes out in therapy, if that's the only reality about our past, that too is not a full picture of who we are. Paul presents a new option for us today. What if we examined our past not trying to prove anything and not trying to defend anything and not trying to hide anything and not trying to let go of it all but what if we looked at our past at our history personal and shared history what if we looked at it honestly looking for where the god of steadfastness and encouragement showed up god has shown up throughout your life You would not be here, because you don't have to be here. You would not be here if you had not recognized God showing up throughout your life. Our past, we have such a complicated relationship with it, because we're so worried, we're so worried about what it means about us. What if instead of holding it tightly or throwing it away, we hold it loosely and examine it, not for the purpose of justifying ourselves, or damning ourselves? What if we look at our history and look for the places of hope? Where in your life have you seen God show up, God's faithfulness, God's steadfastness, God's encouragement to you? What if this is the story of you? What if you are defined neither by your achievements nor your mistakes, neither your country nor your parents? What if you are defined by the God who loves you and calls you belonging? How might you look, how might we look at our past, at our history? How might we treat it instead of trying to prove anything we were able to look at it and examine the places where God has been what's happening in the community in the church in Rome is as they face the difficulty of learning how to share life each community is retreating back to their previous ways and holding each other at arm's length again even while trying to stay in community Paul reminds them that it is a shared hope that they have now. That it's not an individual or private hope, but a hope they have together. To glorify God in the love that they share and in the way they participate in the justice and mercy of this world. This is our shared life. It's a life where God shows up this season, this season of preparation for Christmas, we can make that too about our past or about achieving or about rejection, about frustration or about hope. I think we choose hope. I think we choose hope. May we use this as a time not to focus on all the things we have been, could be or would be, but all the places in our lives God has been, so that we may see where God is now, and by the grace of God we can follow Christ into what we are becoming together with a hope that fills us all in peace and love, and in Jesus' name.
3: As we
2: profess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed, we believe in one God, Father the Almighty, maker of heaven. As we eagerly await the coming of our Lord and Savior, who brings light into our weary world, we turn to you, O God, with our concerns and thanksgivings, saying, comfort your people, O God, and let your light shine in our hearts.
7: We pray for the church throughout the world and for all who serve the world in Christ's name. Comfort your church, O God. Let your light shine in our hearts. We pray for people everywhere that division and hatred, poverty and ignorance may be cast out, and that where there is conflict, leaders may be strengthened and inspired to unite for peace. Comfort your nations, O God. Let your light shine in our hearts. We pray that this advent time of hopeful expectation May be for us a time of grace, reflection, and generosity. Open our hearts wide as we prepare for your coming. Comfort your world, O God. Let your shine we pray for people and places that long for relief from suffering, especially Linda Borden, Martin Pop, Louise La Pearson Daly, Roger Foote, Frank Keenan. Lori Callahan, Gail Lincoln, Jay Erisman, Scott Gunn, Nancy Dankert, Bill Thamen, Elizabeth Ross, Pam Leonard, Marilyn Ott, Mike Krug, Katherine Albertson, Ann Blemker, Bob McGonigal, Lee Hardy, Patty Livermore, Bill Powell, Liz Shieldneck. Marianne Fairley, Scotty Carruthers, and those we name now, silently or aloud. God, remind us that we are not alone. Comfort your children, O God.
3: Let your light shine our hearts.
7: We pray for those who have died, remembering especially those we name now, silently or aloud. Comfort those who grieve, O God.
2: Comfort, comfort your people, O God, cause a new light to shine in our hearts, and keep us in the hopeful expectation that you will make yourself known to us in small and generous ways as we await the coming of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen.
6: Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we
5: have sinned.
2: Almighty God, have mercy upon you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. And may the peace of the Lord be always with you. Let your light so shine before all people that they may see your good works and give glory to your mother in heaven. The Lord be with you.
3: And also with you.
2: Lift up your hearts. We
3: lift them to the Lord.
2: Let us give thanks to the Lord our God.
5: It is right to give God thanks and praise.
2: It is right, and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Because you sent your beloved Son to redeem us from sin and death and to make us heirs of him of everlasting life, that when he shall come again in power and great triumph to judge the world, we may, without shame or fear, rejoice to behold his appearing. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Thanks to you, O God, for the goodness and love which you have made known to us in creation. In the calling of Israel to be your people, in your word spoken through the prophets, and above all in the word made flesh, Jesus your Son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world, In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. On the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember Remember his death, we proclaim his resurrection, we await Christ's coming in glory, and we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ, and bring us to that heavenly country, where with all your saints we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now as our Savior Christ has taught us,
3: For thine is the kingdom,
2: the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore,
3: let us keep the peace.
2: Hallelujah. These are the gifts of God for you, the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
5: to
2: love and serve you with gladness and and singleness of heart, through Christ our our Lord. Amen. My friends, life is short, and we have little time to gladden the hearts of those who travel the way with us. So be swift to love, make haste, to be kind. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Creator, Christ, and Holy Spirit be upon you now and remain with you unto the ages of ages.
6: Need to hear from Diane because I I I don't know what the yeah okay yeah I don't know if we got any more I know I know we got four targets right yeah sure today good morning oh okay. There's one, two, there's four of us interested right now in doing, oh, oh, well the same, well, we have reservations on Iona at that hotel, so it's probably controlled by that. travel agent, who is also Joyce's travel agent. You know Diane Cook? No, she's really very good. No, well, no, I don't
3: know. Hi, Bill.